0: What does it take to raise $175 million, Go from zero to IPO. Mark co-founded a company called Braze and is now the founder of MXV Capital where he's investing in B2B SaaS companies. Listen to what he looks for in founders. Are
1: keeping their ears close to the ground, they're continuously iterating on the product, they're evolving on the product, they're evolving on how they're thinking, and then are they able to apply that thinking to the product that they're building? And if there's a small team around them, can they continue to motivate the team to continue to iterate against it as well?
0: That almost sounds too simple. If they're raising
1: enough capital, Then they have enough time to figure out what that equation is, which is the product.
0: The next thing is, is this a founder that can attract top talent are people inspired and want to work with them is this a founder
1: that future investors are going to want to invest in right Um, so is this a founder that's growing and able to adapt as the company does because the founder that you're investing in today is going to be a very different founder ceo cto whatever it may be two years from now mark
0: talks about the kinds of founders that they're investing in right now and shares a lot more about that due diligence process the way that they evaluate the best founder so that you can set up to be ready to go when you talk to that vc it's a great episode boom this is the Top VC Podcast, and I'm your host, Adam O'Donnell, based in San Francisco. I'm on a mission to help founders oversubscribe their next round by learning from top VCs and entrepreneurs. Really excited to talk to you about what you're building at MXV Capital. And if you could first just kind of give us an overview of, of the thesis, what you're working on there, yeah. and then we'll kind of dive in. I think
1: the thesis backs into really like B2B SaaS, um, early stage, I think just building braids. Um, in the early days, um, just gave me a completely different point of view, perspective, and appreciation for what it takes to build a B2B business or SaaS business in the early days. So at MXV, we're, we're trying to take my real-life experience as a founder and operator um, and instill that in the early days in all the companies that we invest in. So we, we like to get in. Or we're, we're very focused on getting in pre-seed seed. Um, we'll write checks uh, uh, between half a million to a million and a half. We're a $50 million fund. We're not specifically looking to lead um, or, or get a board seed, although we just did a deal where we co-led. Again, it, it, the whole thesis is just picks and shovels. Like, can you Does your software 10x the productivity of a company, a department, an individual contributor within a company? And uh and does it fit within the stack they're using? Like there's a lot of things that we look at. But NetNet we're early stage B2B, SaaS, pre seed seed, um, fund based in New York.
0: Is it 10xing something within a B2B enterprise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And It's hard to do that, right? Yeah. Um, so you really need to be a real painkiller, not just kind of a vitamin and nice to have.
0: I, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be going to your LinkedIn and just seeing that there's a specific company that that you're actually running, but you're also incubating. Help us with that model.
1: I think incubation is hard, so we'll we'll probably do two companies out of this fund, and it's more just around if I have high conviction around an idea personally. Um, we'll spend some time doing due diligence on it, talking to the folks out in the market. Um, and if we feel like it's strong and we can attract a strong team around it, me as a fund will put the initial capital into the, the concept and the, to the company, work with the team to figure out some form of product market fit, and then try to get other investors to come in to lead the seed. So that's kind of what we do, and we all kind of work in the same office. So in our office in New York, we have myself, um, we have our other company, Ginger, and we have our second company that we're incubating out of there as well so i think it's hard if you're a fund that's focused purely on incubation i think that's different but if you're a fund kind of doing a hybrid i think it's hard to do multiple incubated concepts Mm -hmm. um, because it's hard to build one company in itself but um but we have a team and uh, we'll probably just do these two companies out of this fund
0: uh help us with some of the sectors within b2b that you're most excited about
1: go to market tools um and Things that kind of help accelerate sales and marketing. So just given Braze and kind of what we were building there on the marketing side. When I when I see a company doing something in that state, in that vertical, I can really unpack it pretty quickly in terms of how they're thinking about their product, who they need to sell to, pricing, go to market. I have a good sense of the competitors around it, um, the power user. So naturally I get attracted to, to that. Um, separately, we're pretty good at wearing different hats when we need to so we we invested um into a logistics company that was an api driven inventory management last mile platform um and and they for example they power all the we work package rooms when a package gets delivered and they're the software behind there that kind of accepts the package notifies the member about the package and when it's been picked up so it's kind of like all back-end inventory last mile delivery but I totally got it. Like We went in and we've been helping that company, thinking about how they become more enterprise ready over the last year, so um, they were doing really smaller contracts outside of WeWork. So I'm like, look, you have a true enterprise-grade product here and you don't even know it. Um, and we worked all over the last year to get that done, and, and this last quarter, they actually closed a 1.3 million TCV deal um, because they were getting ready for the enterprise. So. That's one example where we just kind of love leaning in, wore a different hat, obviously different than sales and marketing acceleration tools. But there's a massive market in logistics, and the thesis there was: we think increase of packages is going to have become bigger and bigger. The back end inventory management tools that can support that and power that are going to come in, and it does 10x the productivity for the folks that are running the inventory room and running inventory and managing logistics. So it, it was. I don't wanna say it was a no brainer, but it was. It made a lot of sense. The difference with that one was that we had to work with the team and getting them to be more enterprise focused um, and focus on signing larger deals and signing 3K ACV deals.
0: I'm really intrigued. One of the things you said with GTM tools and at Zendesk, I'm on the GTM side, we actually have our sales kickoff um, meeting next week as a company. So I'm always just looking at like the next GTM software startup. So I'm curious, what, is there anything that you've found that's like moving in that area? Like one of the most exciting areas within that? Cause there's just, it's from my experience, it just seems like it's been flooded for so long and the amount of acquirers is very limited. Yeah, Companies- it got
1: flooded, but it's, it's still super interesting. Like we, we invested in a company in India um, called Mailmodo they're building um, interactive emails, right? So it, for all those folks that kind of think like email's dead, I think email's just beginning again, too, right? Um, <laughs> so it's it, it, email's going to evolve the same way technology's evolving, um, at, at the same pace and sometimes a quicker pace. Um, so I think what's getting, I think, I think the go to market stuff is getting very, very interesting. I think when you start thinking about even AI and and kind of yeah. thinking about how coupled a, a couple, couple go to market strategies with AI, like we've seen a lot of companies that are kind of trying to replace the SDR, BDRs, and trying to help with outbound emails um, to help create qualified leads for your sales team. Um, We haven't done any of those investments yet, but um, we're seeing a lot of these tools come out where they're kind of coupling AI with what would normally be people that you need to hire to send out mass emails or whatever it may be.
0: Tell me one of the most impactful things that you look for before making an investment.
1: There's a bunch of things that we kind of look at to check the boxes, Um, obviously, the one that everyone always talks about is the founder. Um, I think because we're investing so early, a lot of times the founder has, and this is typical of how I think about stuff. So the founder or the co-founders have a, a thesis um, at the top that they're trying to solve for. Um, and how they're trying to solve for that is the product that they're building. Um, so I'm always trying to think about, okay, is that thesis going after a large market? Um, if yes, so we'll check it off. Two, like, is the product that they're building, how they're going to solve it? And if not, is this a team of, engineer, of co-founders that understand what the continuous iteration will be to figure out what, that, what, that's, what the equation is or what the product is that they're trying to build that solves towards that thesis, right? So I think what's really important in the early days is having the, these founders that are keeping their ears close to the ground. They're continuously iterating on the product evolving on the product or evolving on how they're thinking. And then are they able to apply that thinking to the product that they're building? And if there's a small team around them, can they continue to motivate the team to continue to iterate against it as well? Um, and that's kind of how I think about this when I'm kind of investing. So if they're raising enough capital, then they have enough time to figure out what that equation is, which is the product to towards solving towards a thesis that they're trying to get to. So, We kind of think about things like that. And and typically you you need to find a founder that's good at that in the early days. So that's one thing we look at. Then second is like, is this a founder that can attract top talent around them? Like are people inspired to work with these founders? Um, or not. And typically you would want that because you want to surround yourself with really strong people. Another thing is like, is this a founder that future investors are going to want to invest in? Right. Um, So is this a founder that's, growing um, and able to adapt as the company does, because the founder that you're investing in today is going to be a very different founder, CEO, CTO, whatever it may be. Two years from now, when they have 50 employees and the uh, the product's growing and now they have to go raise growth capital, like it's a complete different, um, I would say, pitch and vision at that point. So you kind of want to find these founders that you know that can grow into those roles. So these are things that we look at and try to find. And uh, it's hard, it's hard as sometimes you, you don't know how someone's gonna evolve, right? It's, it's it's literally like a marriage, you get married 15 years later, you're both very different people, um, but you've learned to adapt together. So I think there's a lot of things that we look at when we're that I try to look at when we're investing in a founder too.
0: The average time, or if you had to kind of make it um, estimate from meeting the founder for the first time to actually investing, like, what would that yeah. timeline be?
1: So I think in this market, it slowed down a lot <laughs> I'm happy about it. I really hated the market earlier in the 2021 20, and maybe earlier 2022 days where like you get on a call and you have to make a decision on the call um, just because the market everyone was just throwing so much capital. I think for me now, I I, I could tell I, I, I'm I, one on the first call. I can know if I'm attracted to the the founders and or the concept. Um, Typically the concept I can tell pretty quickly and I'm very upfront on calls. Um, Founders will say like on the call, I'll tell them yes or no, if we're interested. Um, And, uh, sometimes they're kind of taken back by the no, but, uh, I think it's better to give founders that upfront feedback right away. um, and the why right away. Um, so on the call, I'll say no on first call if I, if I, if I'm not interested, or if I just don't think this is something that fits within the thesis of the fund or whatever reason it may be if i think there's something interesting here um, i will tell them and then i'll try to kind of connect them within my network of operators and other people that i trust and it does two things one, it helps the founder um, get real real life feedback from a potential user um, or an operator or a potential investor it also allows me to kind of see how others are thinking about this so i'm not making a a decision within my own bubble Um, and i'm sending them to people that i trust within my network. Um, so that's kind of how I think about it. And then I, I try to get to a decision within, um, I would say a week to a couple of weeks in terms of like, is this something we want to move forward with or not? Um, the deal that we just co that, um, I will say was about a three, three and a half week, three week, two week process. But it, it, in the back of my head, I knew I wanted to do the deal. Um, the process was more about like making sure um we're thinking about this correctly right so making sure the founders talk to potential customers talking to that customer and that takes time to schedule and make that intro get get them to talk to that potential customer then us back channeling with that potential customer and how it went how do they pitch the product um is this something that we you would use do you believe there's budget for this how does this fit within your budgets um and those are things that we try to find out and we'll try to do that with three four potential customers or even potential investors that we want to bring in on the cap table, so to, short answer is, I think within one to three weeks, we we can know and if we want to move forward or not.
0: Still say you're investing pre product market fit because that seems like right on the cusp. Potential. Yeah,
1: I, I love getting in pre product market fit, um, and uh, it that's where we shine. Like we we lean in with our, our each of our founders. We, we we like to act almost like an extension of their team. Um, I, I joke that I feel like I'm a co-founder with all all my, my portfolio companies. Um, And we, we like to, we set up Slack channels with each of them. We have monthly brainstorming sessions. So it's less about an update, more about like, all right, let's talk about pricing. Let's talk about strategy. Let's talk about who you're trying to hire, go to market, product market fit. So those are the things I love to do in the early days. Although we're seeing in the market now um, opportunities where companies do have product market fit and they do have AR, but you're able to get really great valuation. So there's a balance in like... In, like, on the pre seed side, I think we're obviously coming in pre market, pre pre product market fit. On the seed side, we're seeing that there are some that are getting that traction. Um, and obviously, I, I think like product market fit takes time, even if they're having some revenues, so it may not be perfect. Yeah, um, but we're seeing a little more inclinations of like a positive product market fit happening.
0: If, if I'm a founder, what's the best way to reach out to you? Is it Twitter or LinkedIn?
1: You can email me um, mark at mxv.vc. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I'm on Twitter whatever's easier for them. I try to be as responsive as I can.
0: Oh. Mark, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Top VC Podcast. I'm your host Adam O'Donnell. This is way more than just a podcast. It's a community and I'm personally on a mission to help founders in whatever way I possibly can. So send me an email, adamfodonnell at gmail.com or reach out to me on LinkedIn. Boom.